This is Gareth Southgate, and this is the Three Lions Podcast. Hello and welcome to the Three Lions Podcast. My name is Russell Osborne and this is an independent England football supporters podcast. I hope you're well. With Malta and North Macedonia now both out of the way, we can start to really think about next year's summer trip to Germany for the European Championships of 2024. The draw of which is on the 2nd of December. I'll be taking a look at that shortly afterwards. But you've joined me for another in this series of Your England Journey. Cast your minds back a year. Yes, it's really been a year. The Qatar World Cup. It began on the 20th of November and we began our campaign on the 21st against Iran. Yep, you remember it now, don't you? Well, for my guest on this episode, this was his first tournament with England. And as it was one I didn't manage to get to, it's always good to hear about it. As always, if you want to share your stories of following England, please do get in touch. Drop me a line in the usual way. You can do it. Social media, just search Three Lions Podcast, or you can email me direct, three lions podcast at gmail.com. All right, let's crack on. Hope you enjoy it. Now, there's good times, sad times, fun times, but they are your times. Uh, So it's another one of our England journeys. uh, And welcome to it on the Three Lions podcast, Bristol Rovers and England fan. Uh, Hello to Matt. Hello, Matt. Hi, Russell. Thanks for having me on here. No, very welcome. Thanks for joining us. Uh, You're over in Bristol Way, aren't you? Uh, Yes. Nice one. You're a Rovers fan. That's right. Good times there. With some bad times. Yeah. <laughs> Especially in recent years. That's That's been where most of the good times have been. Good stuff. Well, this series, we're, we're looking at your England journey. Um, and you've got a, a few stories that you're going to tell us. Um, but where where did England come into your life? When do you remember um, first encountering the England team? So... Um... As a proper introduction, it would have been during the 2010 World Cup because that was the point where I got into football. Obviously, there was a lot of talk within school, through my family, and I actually was watching England versus USA. And from there, um, history was it was a building block, and here we are. I mean, I remember that. That World Cup in England, Germany. That was the sorry, England, USA. Um, that was the uh, that was the first game. I think it was a was it a Rob Green howler, wasn't it? Yes. <laughs> but then I think he also made a great save. So 
sort of evened it out. Um, but even though oh, England got a bit further in 2014, I do think this was my least favourite World Cup out of all the ones I saw. Um, but having, of course, watched a number of England games on the TV and, of course, being a fan, I did want to go and sit here at some point. My parents didn't have a particular interest to take me or get someone to go with me. Hmm. But eventually, I got to to go to the England vs Kosovo game in 2019 in Southampton. Ah, yeah. But what I certainly can remember was that um, I was um, behind the goal that had um, seven out of the eight goals that um, that was scored at. I'm just trying to think now because I was at that game and I remember, what was it, 5-3, wasn't it? Yes. I remember being, I was behind the goal and I remember one goal being up the other end. And if you say there was seven out of seven out of eight goals scored, there must have been, oh, but you must have been at the same end as me, I reckon. Yeah, potentially. I know all of England goals, goals were at that end and the two second half goals were at that end as well. I was like near the front, but back enough where I could stand throughout the game. So that was your first England home game, was it, against Kosovo down at Southampton? Yes. That was a, a good start, that one. Have you got to Wembley? Yes, I did. This was in uh, 2021. Before then, I'd been to see England and I'd been to Wembley, but I hadn't done the two combined. Okay. And um, before I went to this game, it was about 2020, 2021, where I decided I want to go to the World Cup. I want to double down on um, doing this, given it that it was the last 32-team World Cup. And the competition was not going to be the same for tickets compared to a summer tournament in Europe, because a lot of the England fans have families, it's Christmas, so forth. So we're talking um, Qatar here being the uh, the aim. Yes, um, and I bring this up because of the the, the budget-related reasons. Hmm. Of course, it meant I'd be saving something hundred pounds per month as um, one of your past England, two of your past England fans had said, and they were going to Qatar. Um, it meant um, I only went to about three, went to three away games for Bristol Rovers this season, but during the start of my saving and going to the World Cup, I did go to two England games, the first being England versus Albania, that 5-0 victory. Um, oh, yeah. Maguire scoring, Kane got a hat-trick. I'm not sure who got the other goals, but England were in blue, Albania were in white. Had a good view, great night, and um, two England games, and I'd seen a, a total number of goals of 13. Glut of goals. They obviously a, a lucky omen then. Yes. <laughs> and at that and the first two the first two opponents were teams that um were from like southwest um Balkan area and oh, of course, of course yeah. they had an, a lot both of them had alliances. I saw Albania fans at um, the England Kosovo game and I might have seen some Kosovo fans at England versus Albania. Yeah, there is a special sort of allegiance between the uh, those two nations. A couple, couple of good games to uh, to go to there. Yeah, got fond memories of that Kosovo one. Um, I've got to be honest, I don't. Although I went to the Albania one, it's not one of those ones that I that sort of trips off the tongue. I've got to be honest. 
I went to the opportunity to see the statue. I managed to meet um, the uh, the band that, that um, I don't know if they're still the current existing band players, but they were definitely are, were at that time. Before going to the World Cup, the other game I went to was England versus Hungary at Molyneux, which um, oh, of course um, wasn't good. But I think it helped Southgate realise that um, there were certain players that shouldn't be playing. And by then, I'd seen an aggregate score of um, 10 to 7 to England in terms of um, free games and the number of goals. Yeah, well, as I say, you were a lucky omen, and then you went to the uh, the Hungary game. So uh, maybe um, being in uh, being at the Molyneux was a bad omen because uh, didn't Hungary also win at England in the last century in, yeah. at the Molyneux? Yeah, there was a, a famous game um, where Hungary turned up. That was um, what do they call them the Mighty Magyars is what they called Hungary back then. Yeah, uh, well, hopefully though those. Those games will be in, well, they're in the past, although looking forwards now off the back of that game, obviously in the Nations League in its next incarnation, we'll be in the uh, in League B, thanks to that result. Uh, there'll, there'll be some interesting games to be played um, on that journey. But you'd obviously thought, you'd obviously got the bug for, for following England. You'd seen them on the telly. You'd got those early memories of the, the 2010 World Cup, 2014 as well. 2018 at that point was probably my favourite. Yeah, it was my favourite sporting event I'd ever witnessed. And I think this Qatar one's on par with that. What were your thoughts about Qatar like in the, in the lead up to it? Because obviously there was a lot of negativity um, around it. Um, did that sort of put you off? <sighs> I think the, um, the very controversial parts, it... Um, it was one of those where I had to like keep an open mind whether it was right or wrong. I also did see the the pros that were good about it. The certain controversy she's surrounding the human rights. Um, it was it's definitely one of them where um, there's some stuff going on there is probably bad, but there are some people that will make it seem worse than what it really was. Yeah, I feel like. Um, when it came to people being put off by the World Cup, judging from what I've seen within Qatar, I felt like that had a much bigger effect on Denmark and Germany in terms of um, how their fat and attendance um, came. Maybe the Netherlands as well, although I thought they, they did okay. Yeah. But there were, I would expect um, England, there would be some England fans to be Put, put off by it but i i would say the um the for the for the people that didn't come and and i think england were probably the best out of the european nations in terms of fans but i i think um more people would have been have not been going for family work and of course it was a lead up to christmas yeah at least that's what what i was perceiving from the point of view from the England cat side. Yeah, uh, that's that's fair enough. Uh, to be honest, there are the major reasons that I wasn't able to go. But I like, I like the way that you went. You said you went with a uh, an open mind. So how how did you go about? I mean, obviously, you said you, you'd saved and you'd sacrificed some Bristol Rovers games to uh, to go to it, and sort of how did it all 
sort of come about? Did you, how did you get your tickets and all that sort of thing? Where, where did you decide to base yourself? So um, before people were good to go to go to the country, there were like three steps that had to be be sorted. There was the tickets, there was accommodation, and then there was um, the hire card, which is the document that um, Ben Williams had talked about on a previous episode. Yeah. So um, that's the three things you needed in order to gain entry to Qatar. From my perspective, um, when buying the tickets, um, of, co- of course, I went for England versus Iran, first one. England versus USA, that was a, a must-watch game for me <laughs> because of the culture rivalries and things like that. The third game I didn't actually buy tickets for, which no. um, we didn't know by then whether it was going to be Scotland, Ukraine or Wales. Cause my, course, thinking, yeah. my thinking was England m- most likely going to get six points and if it's potentially a dead rubber, then... I could probably do with using that money elsewhere, which yeah. it didn't turn out to be a dead rubber, but I still made use of watching the game, which I'll get to later. Of course, I bought around a 16 game and even the final, which both were conditional. The final was something like £530 for the category I, I went for. Yeah. And I also, I also did um, manage to get a ticket for... Ghana versus Uruguay, and I hoped to get Serbia versus Switzerland, but um, didn't quite get around to bidding for that one. But as for my journey, I started out by um, something like the afternoon. I went over to get the mega bus from Bristol to Heathrow Airport. I listened to one or two of your podcasts on the way. Very kind, thank you. And whilst waiting, um, Ex-England player Gabby Agbon Lahore and a few representatives from TalkSport were there. Yeah, right. Saw a couple of Ecuador fans there as well. Didn't get much sleep on the plane. Um, Probably about 30 minutes worth of what was about (laughs) seven-hour journey. I'd arrived in Qatar. This was the first time I'd been to a country outside of Europe. Out of my family, only my mum had been outside of Europe before me. Being in the airport, of course, saw a number of England and fans, saw some Welsh fans. After collecting my bags, i um seen Mexico, Ecuador. When I go out of the entrance, I see how different it is. I, I feel how different this is. Yeah. See, more so when I went further towards the metro where I can see the sat-and. I I feel like weather-wise, Qatar during that time, well, in November, it was warm during the I mean, midday, maybe probably morning as well. Um, but after 2 p.m., it was like, um, I guess, I suppose you could say like end of May weather where it's like, uh, or it's, it's shorts weather, but... Um, there's not the need to put any sun cream on. Yeah. And um, the place I stayed was a fan village with cabins. Okay. Um, it, it seems like a great venue. Um, they, 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 they made the best of the shipping containers. The, um, 
they had a good offer of food stands, big screen, an option to play like other sp- play sports such as like football, basketball, tennis, all that good stuff. It was a fascinating but fun place to base myself. Yeah, well, it must have been exciting to to get to your first World Cup game. Tell us about England Iran. Um, so I remember go to the metro station, take the train over. And upon getting to towards the exit, the walk fairly e- e long towards the ex- escalators, not as long as in Education City e- e- e Stadium, which um, that was a hell of a walk. Um, mm-hmm. But um, the one to Khalifa International Stadium was all right. Um, of course, seeing more um, more Iran fans closer to the to the state stadium well it was nice um there seemed to be the the excitement seemed to be building uh, my my english shirt which was the um the same one used for the world cup and i had my my uh, bristol rovers flat ag with me um before going in i'd seen um david from um, gloucester um he w- was the 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 man I, I would see usually see whilst being out in Qatar, so, sort of on my own, not really. I was I travelled alone and I staying alone, but most a lot of the time when I was out, I'd I'd often be with um, David from Gloucester, who I, he found me after I put on the forum. Anybody from the southwest um, going to be at the World Cup, right? I remember also um, there was a fifty-something Iranian man who um, who, who asked who was sit, who was sitting on a step and he asked me um, asked to me for my numbers just so he could brag about um, Iran winning just so, if if that was to happen. And I think he, he's glad that I didn't take that offer given what <laughs> happened. Yeah. yeah, yeah. <laughs> um, yeah. After coming out the concourse and seeing um, seeing the inside, seeing the, the seats, seeing the sun, I had to take some pictures, videos. It, it felt out like a sense of I'd made it. Yeah, finding a place to put my flat agate was, of course, very difficult, <laughs> and that was also it was also down to the fact that um, the security team only wanted um, flags like behind the goal and around the corners so not so much around the middle oh, right. unless of course um you were were holding it yourself before the game actually started um i saw the lineup i said to the nearest um guy near me that um i was happy with everyone in that lineup except for mason mount and he actually turned around and he had mount on the back of his shirt <laughs> so um what what a coincidence that was! Um, yeah. I'm sure it probably wasn't much different feeling wise to what you might have experienced in your feet in the build up for your first England game, World Cup game. Yeah, yeah, it's it, they're good good memories to have and and keep hold of. Well, it's a game that I felt England were excellent in midfield were was very dominant, and um, it was a, an Iran team that I. That turned out to be not as good as I thought it'd be. I expected 
how they played against Wales to be something similar in terms of how they played against us. That first England goal headed from Jude Bellingham. That's the moment. Probably either that or possibly the sec- Saka's first goal or Kane's goal against Senegal were probably the goal. The goal. The goals I celebrated most and seeing Jude score against Iran, the first one I'd ever seen. Yeah, pro- that might be number one. Yeah. What was the the atmosphere like inside the ground of all the England fans? And one chant that that started to catch on, which was a new one, was "Jingle Bells One," which ends with "Oh, what fun it is to see England win away." Yeah. yeah. There's a there's a few um, Iranians that were there to protest that I saw afterwards, but oh, um, right. it weren't bothering much people, and it, it was it's great overall. Um, so what what were your plans for for after then? Like what what was next? Uh, that would next? be the USA game. The build up would have been I'd have spent a lot of time in Champions Sports Bar, and um, there's a lot of England fans, a lot of USA fans. Got to have a nice some nice beers and burger and chips. Probably my sort of way of building up to an England football game. Uh, in the, on the Metro line, went up to Lasalle, which was the most northern stop. Got to see Lasalle Stadium okay. in its goal, old lit. Took the, the bus up and then got to see Albate Stadium, where, which is my favourite stadium, where the game was playing. I, I'd say this game might have, might have been the best view I had. Um, I, was, I was very satisfied. Cool. Sadly, though, the game didn't live up to uh, the expectations, did it? No, certainly not. Was it? Well, I mean, the Americans did they give a, a good account for themselves? I'd say so. Um, I feel like atmosphere-wise, England had like one big end behind the goal that was like generating the majority of the atmosphere. There were more England fans over behind the USA goal than there were vice versa. Right, but they also had like pockets around the stadium that were joining in the atmosphere. Of course, um, they would have enjoyed um, the match a lot more than we did. So you came away from the America game. As, as we said, it wasn't the, uh, the most entertaining of games. Um, certainly wasn't the result that, um, that we wanted. But Wales were the last game in our group for us. And as you've already told us, you, you decided not to get a ticket for that game. So what happened? with Where were you for the Wales game? So... I went over to um, the main fan zone to watch the game. Um, before going there, I was with um, David, my friend. Um, I did it have a chance to go to get a ticket, but um, for the price that um, was available, I, I thought not fully worth it to go. But the game was still worth it enough for me to buy a beer and watch the game at the fan zone. Um, what was the fan zone like? It was it was a good good place. Um, the museum was also there as well, which I um, went in, in to see um, during the two um, match day kickoffs at that time. Um, I remember um, what they they decided to do because it was um, because there were two games going on at the same time. In this case, um, the USA Iran game. What, what the fan zone had done was. Um, they had a big screen and they had other screens around the fan zone. 
And this time they decided to put Iran versus USA on the big screen and um, and every other screen was playing Wales versus USA. Uh, so I went to more by the food area. At the time, I was like the only England fan there. Hmm. I can remember um, that England were decent in the first half, but the second half, it, things really got hot into gear. They were steamrolling Wales. Foden was fantastic. Rashford doing well as well, both making strong claims that um, he should be starting. Foden should have already been starting regardless. Um, yeah, it was it was um, enjoyable to watch. And I know I certainly celebrated even more for the second goal because I had a, had um, England down for winning 2-0. I did get to see two England fans around my age group from London after the game. Right. But whilst watching, I was like the only fan around the area. Just trying to think. Did it? It ended 3 0 in the end, didn't it? Yes. So did, it did. Your, your prediction, you're just one out. Yeah. Well, it's it it better uh, one out with a bigger margin. Well, yes. Yeah. Uh, thank, did you, you didn't have any money on it, though, did you? No. Good stuff. So yeah, that was the the Wales England game in the the fan park. Well, I mean, I guess there's a lot of other nationalities there, though, was there? Yes, um, ranging from Morocco, Tunisia, Saudi Arabia, and various other nations. And of course, it would be more randomised depending on the match day kickoffs. Um, Obviously, the the Moroccan fans were were quite. Um, distinctive, and they got a lot of publicity on the uh, uh, on the telly here back uh, back in England. Did you encounter a lot of the Moroccan fans? They seemed to be quite not boisterous, but they certainly made the most of being there, didn't they? Oh yes, and I think Tunisia also just yeah. as good. Um, both of them top five. In the case of Morocco, um, they of course were their presence was. Very heavily felt, right. So on the on the notes that you've sent me, you said that you there was the uh, the Group E drama. Group E um, consisted of uh, who was it? Japan and Germany, Japan, Spain, Spain uh, Costa Rica. Yeah. So so what happened there? So this this was one of these groups where like every at this point everybody had a chance of going through or out. And during the two first halves, um, Spain and Germany 1-0 up. Not quite as exciting at that point. I positioned myself so, of course, I could see the big screen, which had Japan versus Spain on. But also, I stood as far back so I could see one of the other screens where Costa Rica and Germany were playing. Oh, right. As you might remember, Japan turned the game around there was some was excitement around the place, including from, from me. And then, of course, with the Costa Rica versus Germany game, it felt like that was a big roller coaster of emotion, excitement, surprise. When you were seeing Costa Rica equalise, Costa Rica go in front, and even even when Germany scored, made it three two, I could feel it. Yeah. Were there lots of sort of German fans around you? Um, not that I recall. No, 
I could only remember of all all the four or mentioned teams seeing Japan fans of who I had a selfie with um, afterwards. And but um, going back to the um, groupie drama um, after the full time scenes, I could remember um, a group of Japan Morocco fans, both of whom had topped their group that at night, and neutrals like all singing, bouncing, dancing together. Well, man, what a night that was! Sounds a good one. Sounds a good one. So you then you got a uh, you got a ticket for Ghana Uruguay as well, didn't you? Yeah, that's right. Um, the first rematch since um, the 2010 um, controversial drama. Yeah. yeah, and and he was captain that day as well. Whereabouts was a, this game? It was in Algenab Stadium. Toward, so it would have been the su- most southern of all these stadiums. And as well as the fixture itself, that was it was also one of the stadiums I wanted to go to. So, um, yeah, I'm glad I ticked it off. And, um, of course, the highlight was um, the moment when um, South Korea had came from behind to make it 2-1 in the other game. The neutrals such as myself were, were stunned and, and taking it all in. The Ghana fans... Um, Chan Anting Ing um, Korea because if they couldn't go through, they wouldn't let at, at Uruguay go through instead. Um, and um, so, did the, that the Korean score come through on the big screen, or was it? Yes. Just, oh, did it? So everyone knew. Yes, and um, or, or maybe some people hadn't had found out just before, but um, and funnily enough, I managed to keep track when. Um, Portugal and South Korea had scored the earlier goals, but mm. when it went to 2-1, it came completely out of nowhere. The few Uruguay fans and nearby me um, were, of course, um, in silence. And then after that, they were like um, kind of screaming for them to score as if um, everything, well, everything did depend on it, uh, which um, they needed the third goal to get through and they couldn't. So it- it ended 2-0 to Uruguay, but it come at the end of the, the game, uh, they ended up in uh, in third place, didn't they? Um, Ghana in, yeah. in fourth place. Yes, um, and yeah. South Korea went through on goals scored. Wow, amazing. So, I mean, there, there must have been a few sad Uruguayans uh, dotted around there. Yeah, yeah, they, they, they seemed bummed out if that's um an appropriate term to use <laughs> yeah no, that's that's cool but, i mean but the Ghanaian fans they're uh they're always excitable aren't they yeah a bit of sweet moment for them yeah yeah absolutely kind of despite the result um kind of got that 2010 result out of there out of their system i guess so following the the wales game that you said that you, you saw at the uh, in the fan park, it meant that uh, England were through to the the round of 16, into the first knockout round, um, and they faced Senegal. You got yourself a ticket for that, had you? Yes, I did. Um, this was going to be one of these conditional tickets where, where if England got there, I'd have a ticket, but if not, I'd be refunded. Um, given that uh, term England had, had won the group, it meant um, England would be playing at the only stadium of the three that they'd didn't we're in in Albait Stadium, which meant um, I'd be doing pretty much the same routine as um, 
I did for the USA going to Champions Sports Bar, which um, wasn't as busy, but but dominated by England fans. But in the stadium itself, I mentioned earlier that um, this, along with their year-round game, I, I went to Category 2 tickets for as opposed to Category 3. What I didn't mention for the Iran game was it worked when I did it for that game because um, the Khalifa International Stadium ha- used to have a running track around it. So it meant there was going to be a big gap behind yeah. um, the goal. And also it, it helped that I was able to stand and join in the atmosphere easier. But in this case, it didn't really work out for me because I ended up um, being planted on the very side well, it was behind the goal, but like kind of the the it was just behind the corner flag. Gotcha. Um, yeah, yeah. Couldn't stand and up too much. Um, but but um, the pre match atmosphere pretty good. And um, I guess before we get to the game, you've probably seen um, the dancing Senegal fans on the TV. Yes, yeah, they were quite a spectacle, weren't they? What I'd seen is um, even fairly early on after they open the gates when there's like a few fans just like walking around and um finding their place in to- towards near the corner you could see that um the the, da- the the dancing senegal fans with their colors were already there set at, at for the game right how early was this i'm not too sure but it was at a point where um most of what you could see around the stadium were the brown black and white seats empty seats right they were in there they were keen weren't they yeah <laughs> so um it, it put into a perspective that they're already like set there before even when you and um almost everyone has come into other stadium different mentality between sort of their their way of getting into the game and say the english way of of uh finishing a pint and getting in just on the national anthems well, in this case, I was more referring to the um, the small group of fans that you see on the TV, mm. but the rest of them came in as normal. So this was a game that, that England won 3-0. Took us a little while to get going, though, didn't it? Yes, uh, Senegal did um, bring some pressure. Um, they did earn, earn their right to be in, in this um, round, but... Um, Clearly, something was missing. They weren't that clinical with some chances, and um, of course, um, England did deserve the win. Um, went deep too far into the game, but um, they just had more in them from a basic level. Yeah, well, I mean, it was it was Jordan Henderson uh, opened the scoring. Harry Kane got a goal just on uh, just on half time, and then it was Bakaya Saka. Um, with the third goal in the second half. Henderson hasn't really scored many goals for England. I think he's only scored three, and that might have been his his second England goal. Harry Kane, obviously, is yeah. um is the main man. But Bakayo Saka, this was this was almost his his tournament, wasn't it? Yes. Um and he'd um definitely made his mark from the performance against Iran. The interesting enough thing was I think after that Wales game, we expected a front three of Rashford, Kane, Foden. Southgate decided to put Saka on the right, and it turned out it, that it worked. 
I can definitely remember um, Henderson and Saka's goals well. And um, knowing my angles and when I was celebrating them. The moment I remember most from this game was um, Kane's goal. Right. What I could remember was the ball was in our half and um, there was some Senegal pressure. And it was closer to the end of the first half. So I was at a point where I could remember um, the ball going further forward. And um, Foden, Bellingham, both making runs, making forward passes. And I was like, oh, hang on. And then, of course, um, the passing, the speed, the um, the excitement from um, um, our area uh, behind the goal. Um, then Kane um, places it, it nicely. And as well as my vocal celebrations, I was also in a position to run, which I did. I went up the stairs. Yeah. I, I saw another England fat adult in the steps, which I decided to um, to start a hug with, and an, another England fat Anne had joined us, and um, it was a moment that um, summed up what um, England at a World Cup could do to England fans together, no matter how well well they know each other or not. Wow. Nice one. Yeah, I've I've been in that position at, at England games where your emotions just sort of take over and that person next to you or behind you, there's high fives and hugs and all that. Yeah, no, it's it's, it's a good feeling. Um, so, yeah, 3-0 through to the the quarterfinals. Now, I know that, that you didn't get to uh, to this game. What what were your thoughts? Were you thinking, oh, I want to stay, I want to I go? get to the France game. What what was going through your mind having seen the group games and the round of 16 against Senegal? Well, I was, I was clearly looking forward to the game. And um, by the time um, I'd got back, this was, of course, the thing I was looking forward to the most, especially given that it was so cold back home and I wasn't seeing a lot of people at that point. In in some way, A's, I would have liked to have stayed more, but in some ways, it also made sense for me to go back because um, the contacts I had, barring one, were all going back at that point. Right. Post the group stage and the early knockouts, um, kind of comes a time where um, the festivity levels are stripped back a bit. I left about two days after the England game. It was a game where earlier in the tournament I was thinking this is likely to be a France win. But closer to the time, it felt so 50-50 for me. I even I was like drawing a penalties, maybe England win because there's a Pickford first Loris battle. Okay, yeah. We back in Bristol then watching that? Yes. Um I decided to go to a pub called The Anchor, a, a fairly modern pub with um, a lot of TV screens. Um, at that point, I'd never seen England lose a game. So in such a tight game, it was definitely worth going there and then potentially staying at home to watch um, the semi-final, should it be that. But I can definitely... It was a game I thought out that England played better than... Well, I expected a good performance, but to play better than France in the way we did and it only coming down to moments was impressive. 
Kyle Walker had, um, of course, became the only defender that was able to stop Mbappe at all. I definitely did feel all like um, there wasn't much left to be desired. And on my way home, I probably had about three tears. That's kind of sort of how I was feeling. You say uh, it's a strange feeling when you've been to a World Cup and you come home um, and you're watching the games at home um, in like a more comfortable or a more familiar environment. It's, yeah, I've certainly been in that position. But yeah, it wasn't to be. But it was probably the f- for the, for those it applies to this. This will be the first time they will have come back and actually be in in the the cold where it's like close to minus degrees yes yeah yeah it certainly was deepest deepest winter deepest december at the time wasn't it yes so qatar done with what were your plans for your england journey going forwards now where do you see yourself what next few years what are your plans so i'm gonna go to uh the england versus italy game not too sure on further than that i feel like in terms of Euro 2024, I might go there, but my best chance is getting to the, the final or even any other games that take place in Berlin because that's going to be where England have the biggest allocation and therefore I've got the, the best chance of getting tickets there because it's going to be there's going to be a big market for, for tickets from the England supporters group. Absolutely. If it's anything like the the 2006 World Cup, which it, it certainly will be, um, there will be a big demand for uh, England fans and England tickets over there. Agreed. Still, still worth going though for the for the atmosphere and just the experience, um, and even to like you've got a ticket for for Ghana Uruguay. If there's a possibility of getting a ticket for, I don't know off the top of my head, Denmark against Spain could be a uh, a, a good one some to just to, to experience the the euros in germany um and then of course there is uh there's the the world cup in canada america mexico a little further afield isn't there but italy at home at wembley is the uh is the next england game for you then is it yes we'll have to uh say hello when it comes round to that one i'll be up for that <laughs> Matt, thank you very much for uh, for taking us through your England journey. There's certainly uh, certainly lots of highs, a couple of lows in there, uh, but that's what what your journey is all about and what sort of England puts us through, doesn't it? Absolutely. And for um, all that we experienced in the early tens, there's a great potential in the next Euros to have the biggest high since the sixties. Let's hope so. Thank you to Matt there. I caught up with him at the Italy game in October. Always good to put a face to the voice. So thank you very much for your time, mate. Uh, apologies it took a while to get live, this one, as it were. There is so much going on in the next few weeks. Now, the Lionesses have got a couple of Nations League matches coming up. They will determine their fate in the competition. 
And as I mentioned at the beginning of this episode, the Euro draw is coming and I'll have a pod on both the Lionesses and that Euro draw. I've also got a book review about a story of a player that just needs to be heard. That's coming soon too, along with more in the Your England Journey series. And I've still got more people to chat to about theirs. Just when you thought it had all gone quiet in the run-up to Christmas, I'll have a few gifts of my own to give you. So stay subscribed and you won't miss them. So until the next time, take care of yourselves. Cheers. Cheers.